What's up, everyone? Welcome to Nerd On. You're listening to Mandalorian, the most official, unofficial companion series for Mandalorian on Disney+. Uh, today, we break down the episode uh, from the plot, key characters, and give our takeaways from the mythos and the narrative aspect. Uh, and our episode we're covering today is Chapter 9, The Marshal. Uh, I just also want to make a quick uh, footnote. I should have wrote down uh, the Emmy award-winning series, The Mandalorian. Mm. Ah, yes. Um, yes. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're jumping back in. Everyone, we're back. Uh, season we're back. two. Back um, in time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we're starting the season two, episode one off. Uh, let's introduce the host. My name is Tom. I'm Ollie. Corey. Ha-ha. <laughs> Beecha. Uh, and I'm like joined perfect. by I'm joined by Ollie and Corey, and this episode is brought to you in part by the wonderful people of uh, the Nora Nation. Brought to you in part by uh, Patreon, uh, which everyone uh, could join. You listen to never before episodes such as the Nerd on Minute, uh, the Nerd on Extra, and uh, you, we talk about things like what scared us the most when we were kids, uh, our favorite costumes. That was just typically the Halloween stuff. But sometimes we talk about um, our experience with video games and how it formed of who we are today. And we also have a really funny uh, catchphrase at the beginning of it. But also you get uh, <laughs> early access to episodes like um, our topical update episodes and are also our ones where we cover things that go on in the pop culture the world. The main show. The main show. Yeah. Um, also you get uh, merch. Um, also you get uh, specific uh, Discord channels uh, for you. Uh, and uh, also, that being said, join our Discord at nerdon.tv backslash Discord, which is free. But if you want to see all that stuff that we talked about, join the Nerdon Nation by nerdon.tv backslash Patreon. And this episode couldn't be created without the wonderful people of Apogee and Odyssey. Apogee are the head, uh, the spe- uh, the microphones we're recording on today. <laughs> we're specifically the hype mic, the ultimate podcasting microphone. Um. It's wonderful. Uh, Corey has used it on multiple occasions uh, when he's out of town. I've used yes. it on multiple occasions where I'm streaming. Uh, you can use it for anything. Ollie, what's some things that you use the hype, hype mic for? Uh, I mainly use it for everything that we do. I use it for my videos, uh, for future foe, destiny content. Nice. Uh, so every knee that you could possibly imagine, this small, I would say, what, five, three-inch tall microphone is really great and handy to use. Um, but also our headphones that we're recording, we're allowed to listen to each other over the internet. Um, Odyssey mm-hmm. headphones. These are the LCD ones, and uh, these are amazing. I always say open, uh, open-ended, but they're actually open, open back, back uh, headphones. Yeah. Which um, Ali and I always, I, I, you know, Corey has his. If your ears were mouths, they taste like butter. But I always go back to Ali's yeah. point that specifically headphones are something that you should get comfortable wearing, especially during yeah. this time where you have to be listening to your co-hosts, also whoever you're talking to on Zoom. It sucks mm-hmm. if your headphones don't aren't comfortable um but it also helps out that they're great quality too so um yeah. I, I stick to that like if your ears were ollie they'd be very comfortable <laughs> <laughs> so uh that is uh all of the uh house uh keeping now let's get on with the rest of the show where we will first off uh do a little breakdown of the episode try to be spoiler free and then do some production and then we'll get into our favorite yeah. parts yeah 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 uh so for the breakdown <laughs> Um, Ollie, do you want to give us a, a small, short, spoiler-free what happens in the episode? Yeah. Well, essentially, uh, we join back up with our favorite Mando and his new companion at the end of season one. Uh, he is now quested, which is uh, one of my favorite lines in this episode, with uh, delivering the, the young one to the Jedi. And uh, he is now back in Tatooine following a lead of where uh, – oh, yeah, he's – uh, more uh, directly, he's looking for his people right now, 
and uh, no spoilers. No he spoilers. gets a lead and investigates the lead on a planet that we've visited last season. Uh, yep. And I was very thrilled to visit again. Yeah. Uh, this Episodic season, so. allyships ensue. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Star Wars and, happens. Uh, he brings a party to everyone and explosion. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, production. And, yes. Production, please. Uh, brought to you by Disney Plus, who have uh, a, a wide variety of shows such as WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and the Obi-Wan <laughs> series. All the shows that you have not seen. Yeah, all shows you have not seen the, but heard of. They're listening to this 10 years from now. Don't worry. I, I'm, I'm telling you this right now. When I wrote this, like I looked up Disney Plus and there was no shows because it was all under quote unquote Disney media distribution, which yeah. is like, and they include yeah. Fox. And I was like, Guys, help me out. I'm trying to write notes for you guys. (laughs) You can't just put Uh, all the shows that have not shown up yet. That's written for the shareholders, not for you. (laughs) So that was the studio. The showrunners, John Favreau, who you know from Revolution, uh, Dinner for Five and About a Boy, Dave Filoni, Clone Wars, Rebels, and Resistance. Writers, John Mm -hmm. Favreau, known for Chef, Swingers, Couples Retreat, Dave Filoni, same as what I said before, (laughs) Clone Wars, Rebels, and Resistance. Uh, And I had trouble with this name last time, but it's Rick Famayui? Yua? From a Yua. From a Yua? Yua. Uh, don't Yua. brown sugar and talk to me. Cast, Pedro Pascal, Game of Thrones, Wonder Woman 84, Triple Frontier. Also, if you watch him in interviews, just the most endearing dude, by the way. There was this interview with him and Oscar Isaac, and I just, I want to be his friend so bad. I, you, know, you know how we, we, ha- we recently on our, our topical show, we had uh, Jennifer Hale, and we talked about Princess Bride, and then we talked about how there is potentially rumor that they might remake it. Would not Which they be shouldn't. mad, mm. but Pedro Pascal was... Yeah, I wouldn't be mad about that at all. Uh, I would want him to reprise his role. Uh, the rest of the cast is Carl Weathers, known for Rocky, which is a, Tom showed me finally. Mm. It's a fantastic movie. Uh, Happy Gilmore. Swing. Oh, it's all in the hips. It's, it's all. all in the hips and Predator. <laughs> uh, Gina Carano, Haywire, Fast and the Furious 6, and Deadpool. Giancarlo Esposito, The Boys, Breaking Bad, Maze Runner, uh, Scorch Trials. Mm. Is that like the third one? I don't does know. He, does he always just show up as the bad guy at the end of things? I don't know, man. I could have I could have put some Spike Lee films. Uh, and Sasha Banks from WWE Royalty, who is WWE Royalty? She is. Uh, I looked her up on the I want to call it Barry and Steve's for this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ask them who Sa- Sasha Banks is. Uh, and this 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 uh, this episode specific the appearances by, or is this just throughout yeah. the whole show? Well, uh, uh, I, I'm going to put it in uh, for later on for other episodes. I'll put everyone in there, but this is specifically for this episode. Okay, so we have Timothy Oliphant. Timura Morrison, Amy Sedaris, and David Cho. Uh, release date was October 30th, 2020. There's going to be eight episodes in season two, uh, which is what we're on now. Runtime is anywhere from 31 to 46 minutes, with this one being, what, 50? 54 minutes. I think, yeah, for the season uh, premiere. Budget, 100 million. Rotten Tomatoes score, 88 critics from six users, 92 audience from 186 users. And that so is there we for are. season two specific. From a... Yes. From production, um, I wanted to point out something really interesting. Uh, last season, we had a plethora of directors and writers. This this season, though, um, with the exception of like a, a couple, it's all written by John Farrow. Um, mm. I think Dave Filoni writes and directs episode f- or or uh, yeah episode five or chapter twelve. But aside from that, and Rick, uh, that's gonna it's gonna be all John Favreau. So I'm interested to see, like what the story ends up being, why they decided to go a more, maybe a more focused plot. Mm. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see see. as we, as we watch these lovely Um, episodes. I also want to give a shout out to an appearance by John Leguizamo. 
Yes. I did not was, realize that was him until I read the credits, and I was like, wait, where? He no. was the, the first guy at the ring, right? The, yeah. Uh, yeah. The Cyclops. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we can go into spoilers. <laughs> yes. Now, spoiler. Well, there's, I mean, do we, want to do, do we want to do initial reactions with without spoilers? Uh, yeah, I'll try. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll do our initial reactions without spoilers. Give me like five seconds. Okay, let me start. Let me start. If you okay. Okay. Um, I was, for one, if you haven't listened to the season Wait. one of Mandalorian, I was probably the biggest critic of the show because I was watching The Watchmen at the same time. And you know what? You shouldn't watch anything next to The Watchmen because no. it'll just destroy it. <laughs> it happened um, to me. What was I watching alongside? Ed Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah. That's what you're watching. Um, so I'll, like, I'll say this to that sense. I didn't have to watch you know Watchmen this time. So I was, got to watch it. Yeah. And I was like, but I still had like my laser focused like critique eye on this. Um, that being said, I feel like this was a better pilot or a better season one opener than season one was. Um, yes. I felt a little bit more uh, like I liked uh, Jin, Darren, Darren's Mando. character, Mando's character, much more than the first one. The first one, there is the rule of cool, which happens, which I'm like all about. But this one, like, I actually cared because there was someone else that he was able to bounce off of that had just as much uh, character. Um, yeah. That being said, there were some things that I wanted to take away that I'll talk about later on the show. But uh, I was overall, uh, I enjoyed the episode and I am uh, looking forward to see where it goes from here because they did do what typical pilots do. They threw a lot of information there, enough for you to pick up things like, okay, these are the strands that they're going to you know, connect over throughout the rest of the season. Yeah. So that's it. That's mm-hmm. me. Who's next? Um, for me, I'll say that I, I agree with that. This was, this premiere, I was glued to the TV the entire mm-hmm. time. Um, and I get that a lot of that has to do that with exposition being gone, right? We already know who this is, what his mission is, what he's about, that kind of stuff. I think right. that's your point, Tom, of the, the rule of cool is is been used. We get it. We know who he is. Now he can have flaws. He can be a little more personal. Now he can actually be a character. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we've seen his face and he had, uh, technically he had in that episode, he had mild brain damage, like a concussion. And uh, IG-88 puts the Bantha spray on him. Uh, and says your your central uh, circuit has been damaged. He goes, you mean my brain? He goes, yeah, it was a joke. Uh, so I enjoyed this for a couple reasons. That was one of them. But the guest appearance in this show, both guest appearances uh-huh. in the show, made my heart a flutter. Um, mm-hmm. This isn't too much of a spoiler because we already mentioned his name in the uh, production, but I'm a big Timothy Oliphant fan. I think he Justified. is... I think yeah. he just has a certain je ne sais quoi to him that makes you want to watch him, whether he's good or bad or whatever it may be. I felt um, like he had a je ne sais Lacroix to, to me, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there was some bigger lore within this episode that was definitely for fans of the extended I, yeah. universe. I think I know what you're mm-hmm. talking about. Uh, that made me giggle with glee. Yeah. Uh, like Specifically chi- for you, child. too. Specifically, yes. Okay, yeah. so you know what I'm. I know exactly. Yeah, specifically about, yeah. to me, yeah. uh, made me very, very happy. Um, mm-hmm. And it it built upon other existing lore that isn't very specific to me. That is a little more generalized to anyone who's seen Star Wars. And I, uh, I'll get into that a little bit as well. But I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. I think I ended up watching this two. I say two and a half because I watched it twice and then I like skimmed to see mm-hmm. certain parts over again. Um, two and a half times. So all in all, I loved it. Ollie? Yeah. Um, I think I agree with you, Tom, as far as it being a better first episode uh, for the season. Um, I kind of miss, w- I kind of wish the first episode of season one or the pilot was like longer or maybe had a deeper um, 
plot. But yeah, that that's the whole um, benefit of like us now having been done with that. Now we get to live in this world that we've created with the Mandalorian. Call it the Empire um, Strikes Back syndrome for a mm-hmm. reason. Exactly. And, you know, it, it, it's a hot topic right now just because of the films. But there's a discussion of like fan service and all this stuff of like, oh, like you're just pulling things back. And I've, I've heard I've seen that rumblings and it's like we need to like they need to just move on or whatever. And to me, I, I kind of I don't know, I kind of reject some of that notion. I, I think uh, there is a point where fan service just becomes a really well made lived in world. And now your characters can also enjoy those things. Like there is, I can't some wait till we get to non-balance to, to, to spoilers, yeah. so I know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, but <laughs> I think I know a roundabout way of saying that. Like I really enjoy this, and I really enjoyed living in the Star Wars world in this episode. Um, and there's a couple episodes that made me feel that way in the first first uh, season, and I'm really happy that this kicked it off right away with the good feels. So really enjoyed the episode, and I'm excited for the season. All right. Um, so there's our initial reaction. Spoiler, spoiler full galaxy. Spoiler country. Far, <laughs> far away. All right. So what the fuck are you talking what about for fan, talking <laughs> <by> fan service? <laughs> well, just things like pulling like sand dragons. And I mean, the big topic um, of Boba Fett being alive of, and, and all this. That to me is not fan service. Um, I, I disagree. I, I agree with you and disagree with them. <laughs> well, no. Whoever's <laughs> saying fan, fan service. service doesn't know what fan service right. is. I'm going to right. give a specific thing that's fan service and people can like it and people could lo- not want it, but yeah. you can't deny There's deep cuts. Well, and that's the thing. It's like the franchise is in the hands of people who understand it right now. Well, I'm going to, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go there. I, I wouldn't even go that this far. Series. I would just say like this, this series. I'll say, let, like let me this. hear it. Tell me, hear it. Uh, this is something that I think Corey really liked about the last star Wars film. And I'm going to say this hopefully without a spoiler, but someone gets a fucking medal for no goddamn reason is only fan service. There's yes. nothing mm-hmm. in the story yeah. that says that that yeah. character wanted it. And I'm but, fine to admit, I think I admitted that on the other like, oh, 100%. Is, yeah. But the thing is like this, like if you like it and you know that it's fan service, like there it is. But don't Great. try to say like, oh, that's because this is the perfect arc for the character. Right. Like, shut up. You don't no, know what no, you're no. talking about. Like, Don't try to give it a So thing. now, yeah. spoiler of the episode, with Boba Fett showing up at the very end, it's not fan service because one, it serves a story because what is mm-hmm. Mando looking for? Other Mandalorians. Mandalorians. Yeah. On Tatooine. So like- it just it makes sense. So you could it's, if you write it in the right way where it's like, you know, like if if Chewbacca had to go fuck. <laughs> if someone with who didn't get a medal had to go back to their clan yeah. and they're like, you have to show us some sense of like you know, no, you like, war medal, you, then it's like, okay, if you, cool. If this character ends up playing out in the season the way I kind of hope he does, in the sense of being like that Obi-Wan figure, like I think it's like the most obvious, like weirdly obvious. And weirdly, like genius way of reusing the character. I think. Um, I feel like. T- I mean, so Corey uh, gave me a lot of information last last season of Mandalorian of like you know Boba Fett isn't really a true Mandalorian. Um, yeah. And the fact that like I would like to see like old school bastardization Mandalorians versus the new school way of the Mandalore with Mando. Mm-hmm. Um, in that sense, to me, I feel like maybe there is a sense of. Is it mentorship or is there the mentorship till it becomes like, uh, let's say season whatever of Dexter with uh, Jimmy Smith's of like, here's a friendship <laughs> to like, well, now we thing, have right? to. Is, he, a, is he sticking around? Is he just for the season? Oh, so I think I hear. So let of, me answer he, that question. Is it just for the season? Because he's in season one, y'all. He's in season one. Oh, he, with the. Uh, right. With. Uh, the dead body. Ming-Na-Wah, yeah. 
So here's the thing. That sound is very specifically tied to him in the Star Wars universe. I grew up watching the 1997 special editions of Star Wars, right? Not the originals, but when Mm -hmm. Lucas was like... Is that the gold one? The gold box? Yeah, where he added some of the CGI shit. One of the things he added, uh, I believe it was the... I don't think it was there before, but in the 1997, which is now canon, he added the sounds of spurs walking when Mm. Boba Fett walks around. It's just like, ching, ching, ching. Uh, And that... In season one, the the person who walks up to the body has, has that first. same exact sound, mm. and he still has that sound now when he walks towards the camera in season two. You know what's funny is that uh, there's people on the internet who are starting to guess, like, maybe it's another clone. And I'm like, why would it be a clone well, and not Boba Fett? universe <laughs> that is no longer canon technically in the books, he actually escapes the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, twice. And lives on Tatooine. Yeah. Um, and the fact that the way they're doing it this way is that the Sarlacc pit... Uh, I believe in the extended lore, was damaged by Boba Fett, uh, Jabba the Hutt's ship crashing into it. Mm. Uh, it mm. became damaged and couldn't sustain itself, and so the crate Dragon found it and finished it off. And that's what we um, did. And took its Sarlacc pit home. Over. So about the crate so Dragon. So thinking it got damaged, Boba Fett got out, which is why he's still all kind of fucked up. But, I do want to ask yeah. Corey. So talking about crate Dragons, Tell me yeah. about KOTOR, Corey. Yeah. Tell me about KOTOR. Uh, so in KOTOR, crate dragons are a big deal. Um, the first time we've ever seen one in the Star Wars lore is in A New Hope. When uh, 3PO and R2-D2 are in the desert, there's a crate dragon skeleton mm-hmm. and what's considered a small one. Which is uh, a, a Dune actual like thing. I'm just gonna, yeah. I, I just got to say, hey, the mother's milk is Dune. George Lucas says that he loved Dune. That's where yeah. it came from. Uh, but the crate dragons are are huge uh, in Knights of the Old Republic. I mean, Obi Wan makes supposedly makes a crate dragon sound to scare off the Tusken Raiders and A New Hope. But you don't get to see one until Knights of the Old Republic, and you even fish a what's called a crate dragon pearl out of its stomach once mm-hmm. you kill it, uh, which is what we got to see in the episode, which is really cool. Yep. He holds it up, at the end and I was like, oh my god! <laughs> and I yeah. had forgotten about the pearl until that happened. And I was like, this is. This is amazing. This is really, for those of you, it's, and it works on such a, a cool level too for people who aren't familiar with what it is. It's a really cool way. Obviously, they're excited about something. Obviously, it's the reason they said well, that the body and the ichor is ours. Also, also the thing too with uh, Cobb Vanth character where he's saying like, I had enough money or enough whatever currency that they wanted that. So we, we knew that the Tusken Raiders wanted something shiny. And so when they yes. get it, it's like, okay, obviously this is like a money thing too. But when, if you know the lore, it's really exciting. And that's the kind of, I guess I wouldn't call, I, it, that is a little bit of fan service in a sense, but it's not to the sense of like, let's give a medal to someone who, well, I mean, the thing is, like, it's already you know established I mean? within the expanded universe. Yeah. And so at this point, you're just kind of paying homage to where it comes from instead of yeah. telling the audience, like, hey, did you realize that? Because there's no sense of, like, you know, I heard a, a sorcerer said, create, <laughs> did a crate dragon sound one time. It's like, that doesn't, what does that have to do with anything? This like, so it's <laughs> it's fine. Like, you know, like, if, you know, someone has to cut open a fucking wampa or whatever thingy to live in, it's like, that's fine. That's just you know, recreating that thing. Yeah. So it's not and, a fan uh, service. I mean, me. this one's huge. The crate Dragon yeah. in, in KOTOR is not this big. Mm-hmm. This is insane. So the, when they say it's a big one, they mean it's a it's a big one. Because the one you fight in, in KOTOR is very large. It's like one of the largest models in the game, besides oh. like the ships, obviously. Uh, but this thing was nuts. Getting to see a fully realized, I mean, because KOTOR was what, 20 years ago? Yeah, Not so you saw potatoes years. moving, right? Uh, or it was like 15 years ago, something like that. Uh, so to, to see a fully realized, I mean, the CGI on that thing was fantastic. I can't Can say we the same point for that the out? speeder bikes, but 
for yeah. the I think all the money went to the crate dragon yeah. for a TV yeah. show. Looked amazing. Yeah. Um uh, so that was exciting to 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 me to see the pearl and to see them take it down was wonderful. I do I couldn't fathom well I'll, I'll save it but I couldn't fathom John Leguizamo's makeup. I could. <laughs> I was like what is it at, at at first I was like I'm convinced this is a Disney animatronic. Oh. Like at first because uh-huh. like, I think it's, it it's felt practical and little, the mouth is CG'd. Mouth it's is all CG'd. Practical. It, it, I think it's like Simon Pegg's outfit. If there's any CG on that character I'm blown away. Like genuinely blown away, and I'm comparing that to films. <laughs> I mean, it has the same budget as a film. Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was gonna say it's like Simon Pegg's character in Force Awakens. Um, you know, where it's like it's a little like, holy shit, that's really good. Um, but I mean, that's that's also like the Guillermo del Toro territory of like Abe Sapiens, like really fucking good looking. Um, yeah. But that being said, uh, there is a little bit of more expanded lore things that people I think should be aware of. And this wasn't something I found out. I just knew offhand. It's something I found out by looking more into the production of the episode. about Timothy Oliphant's character? Timothy Oliphant's character, Cobb Vanth, comes from the expanded universe books. Aftermath. Uh, Aftermath. And pretty much that, ex- that story he says about he found Boba Fett's armor is exactly how it plays in the books. Which I'd like... To a big factor because one of my my big bro in my fraternity, Sigma Fa Epsilon, the best fraternity in the world, uh, he is a big Star Wars fan. Like he has the books. He fucking got me to like what was the MMO RPG online game? Uh, the Old Republic. The Old Republic. He made me an account yeah. before I even like. He was like, "I'll just make you the account." And I was like, "Dude, I sure." And um, he he told me the very sad day is when Disney bought Lucasfilms because it was like everything, all the books, all the books became non-canon. But Lubaka. Lobaka. This being shown with, you know, kind of to Ollie's point that, you know, the the writing room is a lot smaller this year um, with this, you know, they're taking stuff from the expanded universe, which is seems like it's kind of making a little bit of a homage to the those writers. You know, it's like a saying, great like, hey, like, feeling. Definitely. We acknowledge to see Boba you Fett alive, like to see uh, mm-hmm. certain, th- you know, crate dragons. Like it's a good feeling, um, honestly. Yeah. Also, that being said, I did read uh, somewhere on the interwebs that uh, they had actually hired uh, ASL or uh, uh, non-speaking um, people for the uh, Tuscan Raiders so that they can help create the sign language that was developed in the that. show. Um, and I thought that cool, was pretty cool. Uh, building so that much. culture, uh, again, they do that in Knights of the Old Republic where they're they have their traditions and stuff like that. You actually go to a, a Tuscan Raider camp at some point. Um, but showing that they're not these like always brutal. I mean, they are Raiders. And actually, if you know the lore Tuscan Raider in the extended universe, I don't know if it exists anymore. They might build into it. But a lot of people are like, oh, there's a lot of jokes that sand people is, is the racist term. But in reality, they were called sand people until they raided a camp called camp, uh, the Tuscan camp which was an outpost, Tuscan mm. outpost. And then they started calling them Tuscan Raiders. Mm. So the Tuscan Raiders actually the is the racial super one. racist. It's just like, one. yeah. Um, they were just people of the, of the sand. Um, but it was cool to see that and that, you know, cool to see obviously Mando communicating with them and uh, kind of being that middleman between both of them, really. Neither of them wanted to work with each other. Um, I um, do also want to do a quick point out because it's something that hit me during the quarantine. Um, I became a slight fan of David Cho. If you guys don't know who that is, um, when Facebook, um, Mm -hmm. the company went live, like he had done a mural for their headquarters. And so when they became like, you know, a trillion dollar company, uh, his artwork became the most valuable artwork on the planet. Um, And he became an overnight sensation. Like he had, had, you know, studied 
uh, art and all that stuff beforehand, but his artwork uh, from Facebook is what kind of blew him over the the edge. So he started like you know first was commissioning artwork for like five thousand dollars to now like twenty five hundred dollars or twenty five thousand dollars. So it's like pretty big. That his work looks amazing. He yeah he became huge. But the big thing is that he was on David Chang's podcast with uh, Ryan Johnson, um, and they were talking oh. about um, Star Wars and how David Cho was talking about how the most hurtful thing for a franchise that he loved the most was seeing separatists who had terrible Asian accents, seeing Rogue One having, mm, you know, yeah. a blind martial artist. So, like, the Asian exposure as well as representation has been terrible, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 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 what David Cho's is, been talking yeah. about. And so having him in this, in this show playing some small bit part, he's one of the aliens at the ring during the fight. He looks mm-hmm. like kind of like a Darth Maul where he's got horns coming out of his face. Um, and oh, that's David okay. Cho and I was like that's interesting that he's in here um, because hopefully he's you know obviously trying to do something for a culture because he, he doesn't do anything without he's an artist so he doesn't do anything without meaning um, and I just I, I took that away I was like wow pretty cool so um, speaking uh, want to go down some favorite parts yes I yes. do um, alright there are a few uh, one of my favorite parts real quick I'm just going to say is uh the relationship between Cobb Vanth and Mando, that's uh, a really interesting, like, I'm a real Mandalorian, you're not, give up the armor, and this kind of, like, mm-hmm. uneasy alliance to, like, hey, we have to, like, be, like, quote-unquote, the generals now, and we have to make sure this happens, and how they have each other's backs at the end, really. It was, it was like, really yeah. kind of nice. I really hope Cobb Vanth comes back later in the series. He's got to. And the yeah. fact that he was, like, understanding where he's, like, his culture says he needs to kill me and take this armor back. So... Yeah. We yeah. worked out a deal. <laughs> Timothy Oliphant is like already like, all right, top three characters of the entire series yeah, for me. Yeah, 100%. Right? Um, this is a little fun fact that I, I really enjoyed. Um, Amy Sedaris' character, mm-hmm. uh, I forget I forget her name, Pilo or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a red droid that she calls over, and we had this little cameo in season one. But that red droid is R5-D4, uh, most famous for episode uh, four, New Hope, for blowing his power converter and therefore ah. forcing the Skywalkers to choose R2. Ah. Um, in the expanded universe, you can even see the stain on the back of his head of where, where it blew his fuse. Uh, in the extended universe, he did it on purpose. Oh. Because he mm-hmm. knew that R2-D2 and C-3PO needed to stay Had together. a mission. So when he got chosen, he purposefully blew his power converter. I think that was the part. Uh, or maybe that's the thing that... Luke needs to go get at the Tashi station. Uh, <laughs> you let him go get him. <laughs> he blows up a piece of his his head on purpose to make sure that R2 and him stay together. So it's cool that they're very purposefully making this. It's him because he's got the, mm-hmm. the same uh, blown off part. And I really, I thought that was really cool. And also the homage to Anakin's pod racer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Cobb's speeder is is the, the same, piece. if not the engine from Anakin, Annie Kid's pod racer, Annie! Uh, mm-hmm. which I, I thought was, was really cool. Yeah. Um, so those were just a few nods that I liked. I have some other favorite part. Oh, and the last nod was obviously the jetpack hit. It's a yeah. reference to Return of the Jedi. The Jedi. Uh, obviously, <laughs> yeah. the same jetpack hits in the same spot, has the same reaction. Mm-hmm. Chef's kiss. Perfect. My uh, one of my favorite moments, and and maybe maybe it, it's in Clone Wars. I haven't seen most of Clone Wars, but um, I love the payoff of the missile and the targeting yeah. system. Oh. Like getting the, I was like. Oh, that's what that is. Okay. It's a targeting system. Do you and know then, why like, he, he bends over? Do you know why that's the, the reference missile? to? It's a no. reference to the toy. 
Mm. Um, there was a it? toy that came out after, I think, Empire, where he had a plastic missile that shot out of his back. But in order mm-hmm. to shoot it at the enemy toys that you at had, anything. you had to bend him over and shoot it straight that way. Uh, and so they were like, well, That's it's great. never been shown, so let's just do it the way the toy did it. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's you amazing. notice his his rocket that's in there afterwards is totally a like makeshift different off-brand rocket yeah which is i was really like cool. awesome to see that finally used and, yes. and uh, the targeting system and coming the thing down replaced. Yeah. and the, yeah, oh. that whole thing i do i cool. do like also that cop vanth wearing the armor like it doesn't fit him like he's mm-hmm. actually yeah. too big for it and i'm like that's very interesting it looks like yeah. a cosplayer like, yeah who was like I that, that was the thing i was like that was the only part of that reveal where i was like i already don't believe that that's Boba Fett though yeah <laughs> maybe it yeah, was yeah. the red shirt I felt like it was like a weird puffy red shirt mm-hmm. I don't know it's like I, an old west shirt it I looks did like, like a, that build up before that moment where he's talking to the the bartender and it's just like uh it's like your marshal wears the same armor as me he's like why don't you go ask him yourself and he shows up there just like very cowboy like and I'm like yeah this is cool I like I, I like this setup so far and of course leave it for to Timothy Oliphant for, to play a lawman in a, yeah, in a right. western themed in a Western themed show. But the <laughs> yeah. thing I really liked about it was that he was such this, like I, we just did what we could to survive and we got out and uh, like, I he, dug it. he was, it was such a cool, like, a, like good enough. Th- there was never like a, I'm too big for my britches kind of thing. Uh, it was just yeah. kind of like, yeah, let's go do the thing. Like, how about you help me do this thing? I need your help. Blah, blah. Like it was so, it was so, and that's the thing where I, I really like, cause you actually got to feel what Mandalore, the, the Mando's character like actually was and how like, even when there was that moment of like a little scuffle between the uh, sand people, I'm going to mm-hmm. call it sand people uh, and, and Cobb Vanth, like, you know, Mando was just like, you know, Hey, cut it out. I'm going to tell them the same thing. I'm going to tell you, if we keep attacking each other, the monster is just going to kill us both. And it's like, yeah. yeah, I like this. Like actual character. I did. You know what? I liked that line a lot. Specifically the, I'm going to tell you the same thing. I'm telling you now. I was like, Ooh, yeah. Hmm. It's it's good. And it, it, it was it was so fun to just to be there and like see them working with the Jawas and the Sand People and yeah. and talk about like different outposts on Tatooine. I was like, we're living here. Now. Yeah. Like I I I really dig this. This is not just a you know an iconic you know shot from the trilogy. I mean, has its own iconic shot now. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the episode. But like, but if you notice the character development more to it. In it within it too is yeah. he takes it, he shoots one of those drinks back later on. Like without anything, it's, it's, it's growth and development. Yeah. They hands it to yeah. him, and he just shoots it back just, when they're looking yeah. at the the yeah. uh, crate dragon, dragon hole. Which, by the way, that acid spit, wow, yeah, that was terrifying. Yeah. I know it, it was just dope. melts them, just I'll, skeletons and all gone from that Bye. moment. I got a you mustn't read from the book kind of moment. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, dude. I was like, good for Beskar armor. Yeah, <laughs> thank God for Beskar armor. Uh, I thought that whole sequence was fantastic. Um, I thought from from the crossbows yeah. with the with the strings getting people getting like tossed in the air for trying to hold on to the strings and as far as like monster wrangling sequences can go in in movies and film like this is I would say one of the more exciting and fun to watch and really <laughs> utilizing the fact that it can travel underground like suddenly it's at the top of the yes. mountain and they're shooting mm-hmm. it and it dives back down disappears appears behind them again out of the sand like it was I was like God, it was laid out the space with the, like their playground was like really well. Like thought out, and they. I would have left. It looked like they had like, fun writing this. Uh, the set piece, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, the set piece. Moving along, uh, favorite characters for the episode. I mean, Cobb, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and the crate uh, dragon. Yeah, same. Uh, the crate dragon was pretty special. The crate dragon, the was, guys. Fun. The crate dragon was so cool. I, I, I was giddy. I was just I actually so really giddy. liked the dogs. 
The dogs huh? are cool design. The little oh, puppers. The dogs? They're little puppies. Yeah. They're yeah. little good boys. I, I did like when Mando had that. He did the the call, and I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. Um, it, mm-hmm. For me, it felt a little D&D where it's like, oh, he could also speak this language. He speaks. Uh, yeah, it was <laughs> super D&D. He speaks GIF. Uh, and the dogs this were just show is super like, D&D. Ah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super sweet afterwards. Like, oh, you're one of us. I love how he even like he he even took like a big chunk of meat for himself. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, yeah, go make yeah. some jerky or. Uh, so um, Cobb, Cobb Vanth is, you know, obviously the hero of the episode. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's fantastic. As cool as Mando is, yeah. we're going to get to follow him forever. Cobb was just John, John cool. The Cyclops, the John Leguizamo Cyclops character. I forgot the name of the character, but he's my I would say he's my second favorite. Oh, and Mando going, I promise you won't die by my hand. Yeah. yeah, and then shoots the light out, and you're like, "What the fuck?" I don't know what those are, by the way. I, I, I thought they were loath, loath wolves for a second, but loath wolves don't aren't evil like that. So I don't had know. red yeah. eyes at night, and I think they were the same creature during I the day. Seen those? Oh, no. uh, but they, they were that was cool shooting the light out. <laughs> yeah, um, I also loved the. Uh, I don't take chances either, and you see the the what are they called? The birds? The the uh, the missiles? They have the name. The Singbirds, songbirds. Oh, the whistling songbirds. Oh, Song, is that what yeah. they were called? Uh, I keep wanting to call it whistling birds, aren't I? Whistling I'm birds sounds else. right. Anyway, my point is that Yoda noticing it and immediately just being like, bye. Just closing <laughs> shutting the door. His, shutting yeah. his container and Mando kicking it out of the way. I loved all of that. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, what, are they, what are they called, Tom? Uh, I'm, I'm still looking. I'm still looking. Uh, uh, who's your favorite character, Ali? Uh, mine was same as yours. And uh, John Leguizamo's. Whistling birds. Yeah, whistling, whistling bird. birds. There we go. Uh, John Leguizamo is the honorable mention. All right, I dig it. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Qualms. Qualms. That, that moves us into qualms. I have one. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a tough one for me because I am someone who has watched a lot of like daytime westerns and serial spaghetti westerns, which obviously this is very based on. Um, however, it still felt, I, I'm torn on that. It's a very small qualm for me because I understand mm-hmm. this is part of the genre. Uh, if you've ever watched like Fistful of Dollars or Good, Bad, the Ugly, you know, understand these shots happen all the time and it's to build tension. But I feel like there was a lot of shots of just like faces of people while things were happening or a lot of shots of them riding across the desert that I could have cut in half. That felt like they were kind of trying to pad the episode a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, however, again, I understand it's part of the genre was watching them ride horses across the Wild West. And like if you've seen Tombstone, there's an entire 20-minute segment of them just riding horses and taking out bad guys. Even like, better, I think, uh, Bone Tomahawk shows Bone Tomahawk. riding okay. on horses and the actual gr- like excruciating pain it is because one of them's legs <laughs> broken. Uh, and they're also trying to retrieve like a wife who might be mm-hmm. getting killed or raped. And you're like, oh my God, hurry up. But it's like, this is how long it takes. The, this is yeah. how long it takes to ride on horses. So in here, like, what's, those, like, what does it serve the story? Yeah, it's one of those half qualms to me where it was like, I get that they're showing it's it's far from the village, so this thing does travel quite a ways to come here and eat their their banthas. But at the same time, I was like, I could have done with one of those famous Star Wars wipes and mm-hmm. just shown them pulling pulling into yeah. the. Uh, so that's it for that's really it for me. I couldn't find much else that I had a big issue with in this episode, at least. Uh, Ollie, any qualms? Um, aside from, uh, just the reveal of Boba Fett not being like believable even for a second, (laughs) that was like the only thing Mm -hmm. where I was like, well, are you just, are you just doing the like hammy, like reveal just to do it? 
Oh, the or very is this end. Like meant to be. No. Oh, the, when you first meet his character. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Well, well yeah. It's it's it's, it's a supposed to be yeah. a subversion. Like that ain't no Mandalorian. Yeah. But I was like, yeah. I immediately know that's not a man. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that was barely a qualm. Oh. Okay. Uh, I have I have two qualms. Um, oh, aside from the sorry, one one thing I did was the uh, the quality of the podcast composition. Let's call podcast. It. The, sorry, the speeder bike <laughs> pod racer speeder bike. Speeder bike. Yeah, um, the CG just the decision rough. to maybe put him in a sidecar of the engine. I don't know. It just felt. Oh, it didn't oh, look for me. Some of the green screen was very like. Yeah. Yeah. Obvious. That's why I was like, it, like the shadow. I think it was just the shadows of him against the pod racer engine or something. Or I don't know. Sure. Something was was a little less Off. than great. Yeah. Um. For me, uh, I thought the first fight scene was not great. Uh, I thought in the ring in the, in the, with, with when, the, you know, when the whistling birds go off in the fight, I yeah. was like, this isn't that good. Um, yeah, I think really, it's just like, there was no thing. sense of comparison. That was just like, this doesn't seem believable at all. Like their, their punches have no weight behind it and I could see it. And I was like, well, I mean, the thing is also, what does it do for the story? Like, obviously Mando's going to win. He's going to get the information here are the yeah. fucking losers who are going to show up and just die. So it's like, it does its job. But I was just like, hmm, I feel like Nolan's Actually, it's funny. first pulling, action I'm, I'm film pull- do better than this. <laughs> I, have it playing, I have it playing in the background. Funny enough, it's at the scene where he's interrogating mm-hmm. the Cyclops. Mm-hmm. And that's seven minutes into the episode yeah. before we get. Well, there's a um, good chunk of. So maybe recap. I think they just had to kind of like speed it up and be like, yeah, to your point of like. We'll just get him to the plot of this of this episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just didn't feel like it was really well rehearsed, and I don't blame the actors and all that stuff. I just blame the probably the speedy production because you yeah. know, like this is like, you know, how many years did it take to make Mandalorian season one? How many years did it take to make Mandalorian season two? Probably not half the time, quarter of the time. Yeah, yeah. So they probably like, all right, just get the best stunt people, just do the thing, and they're not they're never going to choreograph, it, and they're going to just make it all on the way they go. So it's like, like, but the, one thing to point out. Um, is we never talked about this a lot last because we didn't learn about it until after the season was like the way they shot the first oh, season with the like, with it's the all TV in sets screen. with those with those screens behind them and like real time environments or mm-hmm. something being projected like it's it's pretty wild but yeah I, I'm sure the first season was a lot of them figuring out some of those things but yeah I, I agree with that uh, the first scene it yeah. felt slow so uh, they could have yeah. even if they sped it up to you know one point two five it might have felt. Even just one oh one, one hundred and one percent speed. But anyways, uh, you know, Some quicker cuts. Right? How many can we fight scenes have I choreographed? Right. Uh, so uh, the next thing is, uh, I'm not. I'm. I, I was getting a little like, John Favreau. I fucking get it. You fucking directed it. I fucking get it. Like, like it's getting like. I like the dude. I respect the dude. But it's like the whistling birds just feels too much Iron Man one. The fucking great <laughs> dragon thing just felt so Avengers. And it's like, I get it, guys. It's the same studio. Stop reminding me. You can make the explosion of the composition a little different. Like that was Joss Whedon was Avengers. But uh, John Favreau was the executive producer for it because he was sure. there on set. <laughs> so it's that kind of shit where it's just mm-hmm. like, eh, I'm like, I get it, guys. Like, it's a Disney product. I fucking get it. But other than that, like, uh, other small things are things that you guys might have mentioned, but those are only things to take away. And honestly, everyone that's listening, if those things don't bother you, then fucking go watch. You know, watch the episode, or you know, yeah. hopefully you continue watching. Because, I mean, you know, we're not I here agree to with all those people. things, and yet none of them bothered me. And yeah, they're not here um, to deter. So those are just things that if yeah. you want to take away, you can look at those things yeah. with another eye. So and I mean, like going forward, like I think as far as story expectations, I'm just happy that this show is being made, and like yeah, 
I'm cool with them taking as long as they need to to get to like they, the deeper Mandalorian lore. I'm not. I'm sure yeah. we'll get there. You know? <laughs> and it's going to be you're not it's going to be sweet. Uh, I'm not take your time to get to the sweet Mandalorian. It's like, no, fucking it's called the Mandalorian. No, I don't think they're going to. I mean, with the, introdu- the introduction of Boba Fett is very exciting for a lot yeah. of reasons. I, um, I Yes. To me, it's like either get into Din Djarin's story or get into the Mandalorian story. Don't have pussyfoot it into one or the other. Like you have a really good opportunity right now to do an independent story that doesn't have to shake hands with everyone else, or you start fucking shaking your hands soon. But like, yeah. Well, I think that's the compelling thing. Jin team up is on my mind. I okay. think if they'd be cool if they two teamed up against Moff Gideon, and then one of them, I think, and I then think it's Boba becomes a new Mandalore. Mm. I mean, it's it's rife for. Yes. Uh, the sort of the the drama, right? I mean, he's Boba Fett isn't a real Mandalorian, yeah, right? Yeah, and he and he has encountered these wizards, yeah, and, you know, and I think, that we hear of. And since they they mention it in the episode where there's a little bit of like the Empire when the Empire fell, things changed. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, since Boba Fett isn't a Mandalorian, it'd be a great redemption arc for him, where he can yeah, actually what? be good to he he he's on the mission to find the rest of the Mandalorians and have those uh, secret what are they called uh, convents. Um, mm-hmm. and he gets uh, a fucking sigil and it's, you know, that would be amazing. like, and the, the Mandalorian that we follow is like the hero, the, the hero spirit Mandalorian where like, he doesn't really go for the fame and he's not here for the establishment, but he does follow the way. And he's kind of like the mm-hmm. intergalactic missionary of Mandalorians where Boba Fett is like the, uh, prodigal child who comes back and he's like. Again, he. T- I would like it if he took the dark saber and he becomes the the Mandalorian. Because whoever has a, I'm gonna, dark I'm gonna saber, blow your mind, huh? I'm gonna blow your mind. The can, show title can you stop referred- touching your mic? You're fucking up the audio. <laughs> Am I? Sorry. Blow the uh, the the show title does not refer to the Mandalorian we think of. It's actually referring to Boba Fett. Gotcha. No. He's wow, dead. I want to blow up my mind because I want to forget that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I like that you're thinking. <laughs> um, uh, other than that, I don't, is there anything else that we want to go over that's like uh, things before we wrap up the episode? I don't think so. I think that, you know, the the idea that uh, Boba Fett was in season one is very exciting. The reveal and the fact that they're using the original actor from uh, the prequels is also Tomorrow very, Wars. very exciting as well. Uh, I th- I'm yeah. a huge fan of him. Shout out to Aquaman. Um, <laughs> I think he's fantastic in, in, all, in all he does. Um, and I, yeah, looking forward to it. If you haven't played Knights of the Old Republic, go find that Crate Dragon. I might start. Part. I legit might start now. Is it on really? PC? Is it on PC? It's on PC, yeah, baby. It's on everything. It's on Steam. Super cheap. it's on f- mobile. Corey. <laughs> <laughs> it's single player, but if you do it, do it. Get your nerd on. Okay. Oh, also, I, I really liked seeing the sort of the behind the scenes of like what happened right after the Death Star blew up and the power vacuum and all mm-hmm. that stuff. I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Now we're getting into some like like the politics that I care about <laughs> Yeah. in this universe. <laughs> I don't know. I want to see the market exchange rate for best car armor. I don't know about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, but cool. But no, it's fun. I'm excited for more. Yes. Um, and we're excited to make some more of these episodes. I'm glad that everyone who <laughs> listened to season one was excited that we we're going to be doing another season of this. Uh, you know, again, as long oh, as there's oh, demand. Oh, 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 oh. There was one more Easter egg I, I had written down. What? The bartender. What? The is bartender the is played by an actor, W. Earl Brown, who is best known for playing Dan Doherty on Deadwood. Oh. So, wow. so some Western... Western little, uh, royalty. There you go. Little, uh, little uh, kind of reunion, reunion, mini reunion there. Mm. Um, 
So yeah, anyway, that was it. That was uh, the last one I forgot. But yes, uh, as long as there's demand for these episodes to be made, we will continue making them. Um, and, or if uh, The Mandalorian continues to have shows. Um, we'll see what happens. Hopefully they don't fall into the Netflix trap of only three seasons. I think this is a series that deserves uh, a full-fledged run, um, especially if Dave Filoni is involved. Yeah. Or uh, now new, new Netflix's new thing of promising another season and then canceling it. <laughs> <laughs> That's David Fincher. Uh, so, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, hope you love the show. Um, please uh, give us a comment, like, rate, wherever you're listening to this, um, do so. Or just send it to us uh, via you know the social media places you can. Um, if you want to check out all the things we do, check out nerdon.tv backslash... Well, just nerdon.tv. That's the website. Um, but check out nerdon.tv backslash uh, whatever, Patreon. Backslash whatever your heart desires. Yes. Patreon, Discord, uh, merch, Comixology, uh, affiliates, all that stuff will probably Amazon. send you somewhere. <laughs> um, but yes, thank you, everyone. Uh, we hope you are doing well, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, another time soon. But until then, everyone, you know the drill. As always, Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Nerd off. <laughs> Nerd off. <laughs>